everybody. Welcome to Create Talks, woo! where we explore what happens when we create with God supernaturally and the people around the world that are making a difference. So welcome, 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 Emery Colvin. And now, just because she's got married, Hornaday. So welcome, Emery. How are you? Thank you. I am doing wonderful. And yes, it's so exciting. It's my first interview with my married name. So. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It's that thing of expanding. God is expanding your tent pegs. And oh gosh, Jake is such a great guy. And for those of you that don't know that creativity has many forms and it comes in ice cream. Who here loves ice cream like I do? So <laughs> so Jake has a, a wonderful business here in writing called Taste and See, which is uh, a wonderful ice cream store which is expanding now to two, possibly three locations. So if you live in Reading, you need to get to Taste and See, by the way, because that is amazing. We just unrolled the, the new flavors for the season. So we've got some yummy options that are brand new. Super hot here in Reading. So strawberry, mint sorbet, anyone? <laughs> yeah, especially when it's 111 on Sunday. Visit Taste and See. <laughs> yes. Come by, grab a scoop. We'd love to serve you. We've got amazing staff that we just adore. So oh, yeah, we're so excited to be able to serve Reading. Oh yeah, it's amazing. So, you know, that's a part of creativity of who here loves good food. Like I love good food. Like there's something about great creativity with God where you come up with these flavors that just like, oh, I gotta go back. I gotta, I gotta check that out. But um, but Emery, like last time we interviewed you you talked about this new book that came out in 2020 called a season's change and i'm so excited if you have not looked at that book or purchased it check it out on amazon.com seasons change change by emory colvin c-o-l-v-i-n and um it's just a must like guys that book is so transformative uh and you know it's so great because i have just launched my book created to overcome which was about a month and a half ago. And that's an interactive, uh, just an interactive journey of the heart through art and poetry. But God is raising up the poets. Thank you, you Father, to tell the stories of what can happen. And so I'm just honored and pleased. And we're talking today about what do you love and, and how can you learn to write what you love. So Emery comes from a, a writing background, which we're going to talk about in a second. If you have any questions, please let us know for Emery about her process, about anything about writing or creativity and any comment that you have in her story. We would love, love, love to hear and have her answer that. But, um, but anyway, I wanted to ask you a question. Uh, share some share some comments and some responses that you've gotten just from, a, from your book. Now, this is for people that you need to understand. If you have not yet written what you love, there are people that are waiting to hear it and to see it and to read it. And so I want, I just want you to share some testimonies from the last like six months. What, what have people been, what if, what have you found out from people and what they're saying? Yeah. Absolutely. Um, 
So this is actually a, a passion project for me. It was one of those challenges of I just needed to know I could get a, a book baby in the world. And so um, it's a collection of romance poetry that I wrote mostly while I lived in, in Los Angeles. A few pieces I wrote after I moved here in Reading. And um, kind of to your point of God raising up the poets and the, the storytelling that can happen through poetry, one of the comments I got was about how uh, a reader said, I felt like I could smell all the smells, taste the taste and see the things you were seeing. And um, that's the beauty of words, right? We can communicate all five senses through the written word. Um, and we invite a reader into an experience that they can not only experience what it is that we're writing about, but also because the way our senses work, they connect to an experience that they've previously had. So that inserts them into the story, even though you you're sharing a narrative, that reader all of a sudden feels like, oh, they know what's happened to me because their senses are activated. So that has been a fun one to receive. Um, I've also heard from several single ladies who said that this poetry has given them permission to explore their romantic feelings. Uh, sometimes in the church, it's really hard to process all of the emotions that come with, uh, with romance, both in the process of falling in love and also in the process of longing for it and not yet having it. Um, and there are some stigmas around really uh, processing your heart and owning those feelings. And so poetry has opened that up for some people to be able to more fully process and own their emotional uh, uh, elements of what they're experiencing. But my favorite so far has been the reaction to the poem I wrote called Hope Deferred. Um, and I really, it's kind of the unexpected cornerstone of, of the book. Um, and it's really about, you know, when the things that you're hoping for are not coming to pass, where is your hope really? Um, and the poem, of course, based on the scripture and Proverbs of hope, hope deferred makes the heart sick. Um, I had somebody respond to me about that poem and say that God had given them the revelation that even when a promise is fulfilled, the heart will still, still need to walk through a healing process from the hope deferred season. And I myself experienced that, um, you know, coming into being recently married, having longed for this for much of my life, um, I ended up having to really process a lot of emotion and grief of the longing, even though I was so happy. And even though, you know, being engaged and getting married has been wonderful, my heart has started to process the grief of the weight. And I didn't anticipate that. So it was wonderful to have that reader reach out to me and say, you know, God gave me this revelation. I want to share it with you because it actually brought me personal breakthrough in my journey of, of processing the grief from the hope deferred. Uh, so those are just a few things people reached out to me with. Um, so it's, it's it. been really exciting to see how so differently God touches people um, with these Please. poems. Yeah. So guys put down, like, uh, if you have any comments, what do you want to write? Like, um, and we'll share it uh, here too. Like what, what kind of thing do you want to write? Like help deferred, how that open things up. I love what you shared too about the comment that sometimes we don't talk about the romantic side, but God is romantic. I mean, song of Solomon, hello. He made us male and female. And when Adam saw Eve, wow, such a descriptive word that happened. And so this is a huge thing. Like we don't feel like, oh, that's not, that's not God. That's not religious. No, God created you as a spiritual, sexual 
enjoy like he wants you to enjoy every part of course we're talking about in in the context of marriage but in this context you wanting to be married and be romanticized both male and female that's part of god's design for you mm-hmm. and don't let that be squelched but let explore that and explore what you talked about that hope deferred that's huge i yeah. love that i i feel the same way there were so many times when people have commented on my poems like oh gosh now my heart can actually beat i can actually like feel the things that i haven't let it feel and that's what poetry does it just opens us up to that i love that so let's get down to your story so in your in your journey of being a writer emery uh when did you first fall in love with writing tell us a little bit about your journey Absolutely. I actually fell in love with books um, when I was very young. I started reading um, probably by the age of four, I could read. I started very early and had uh, reading comprehension, you know, a little ahead of of the normal class um, because I just loved stories so much. I was completely fascinated by uh, by stories. I loved theater. I loved movies. um, I loved books. And in sixth grade, actually, uh, my English teacher had us do an assignment where we had to write mini novels and we wrote the stories and then we actually created, uh, it was a multi, you know, class project, we had an art project where we created the book cover and we actually uh, bound the books and we went through the process of creating a book. And of course it was all print, you know, this was way before computers (laughs) but yes it was so much fun and I just loved being able to and I actually still have these books that I made in sixth grade but I loved being able to hold them and open it and see the title and the you know author's line of by Emery Colvin Um, and so that's really when I was like oh I think I could do this one day Uh, so I've always loved writing and I've written for several magazines and you know articles for websites and that sort of thing Uh, but really I, I started using it as more of a processing tool when I lived in Los Angeles. I had a job that was uh, just kept my life very full and busy. And so I had a hard time finding creative outlets. I just didn't have a whole lot of time for creativity, uh, which is not okay with me because I'm very creative and I need that outlet. And so I started carving out time in the evening to just free write. And that's where, honestly, a lot of the poetry in Seasons Change was born. I was just processing. I started using it. Since I wasn't traveling and performing during that season of my life, it really was just for me. I honestly never intended the public to to read it, but I just started to process through poetry. And, uh, And so I just have always found ways to keep going with the creative element of writing, no matter what season of life that I've been in. But it really started, uh, it started with reading and it kind of grew from there. But I just love all things stories. Well, I I love the part where it's like, it's so cool how, like when you were young in sixth grade, God was in a sense prophesying over your life and how you said, there was that question, I wonder, I I could do that. And And it began this journey. And a lot of you out there need to know, like God was speaking to you when you were younger and you did that art project, the, uh, whatever it was, dance, drama, acting, or music or, or poetry or writing. It's like, there's something that, that stirs that. So I love that part. And I I love the other part too, where 
it was about process. I think of Paul Young in what he did in writing The Shacking, that was his internal process of healing from his own life because he wanted to leave a legacy behind for his kids. So he never wanted that for, for public uh, use as well. And it's just crazy how the process of what we're going through needs a creative outlet. Mm -hmm. uh, so again, if anybody has any questions for Emery on her process on what this looks like, go for it. I mean, that's really where my poems came from, the same exact thing. It's like we write and we create out of our experiences. Absolutely. And when we bring, we bring the writer, I mean, sorry, the listener into that world. And there's so much power. That's what Jesus did with parables. It's like, mm -hmm. it's a crazy dynamic of what we have that a lot of us don't, because we don't believe in ourselves. But you're the only you and you're having experiences I'm not having and that you're not having and you know other everyone has a story to tell and has something to share from from your unique point of view and so if that is uh the enemy's lie to you of like I can't do this I don't have anything to share I just want to cancel that right now in the name of Jesus and tell you that the truth is that you are uniquely you and you have things to share that the rest of us may never experience and won't experience it through your lens. And so sharing that from your perspective actually informs us and gives us greater perspective and ability to grow and empathize and, uh, and step into your story with you. And so you have a story to tell, no matter what you might think right now, you do. So I'm just telling you, put that pen to paper or pull out that laptop and get to writing because you do yeah. have a story to tell. You do. Um, Pamela uh, Heidrich Booker has it as a comment. She says, I'm writing a book on my testimony and I'm wanting to learn how to write dialogue better. What would be your suggestion? There are so many amazing books that, uh, that exist to help guide that. Um, so I would just look for um, one that focuses specifically on dialogue. But also, I don't have any at the top of my, my head, but I'll do some research and maybe put in the chat later because um, I do have a handful. Um, I just haven't unpacked all of my books from being married yet. So I'm <laughs> making my move. <laughs> so I would have to do a little okay, hunting on what wow. I do. Well, I'm going to do SoCal and I won't be able to find anything for a long time here. I, <laughs> it I takes a minute. I understand. Yeah, but um, another thing to do is to find people who write good dialogue and study how they do it. And so when I think of dialogue, the name that immediately comes to mind is Aaron Sorkin. He's one of the most brilliant dialogue writers out there. So he wrote The West Wing, um, The Newsroom. Uh, it was only a season, but uh, Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip. So he's a master of dialogue and, and banter and communication. So I would study some of his, um, you know, watch a few episodes of West Wing. How does he set up characters for discussions? Um, how does he have them play off of each other? And because uh, really dialogue comes down to character development and you have got to put yourself in the position of each of the characters and understand their perspective and like how and why are they responding so that you're continually true. So it sounds like you're writing something you've experienced and walked through so as best as you can, putting yourself in every other person's shoes that you're having dialogue with in the book so that you can really empathize with and understand their reaction. Um, that would be, be really helpful. So it's a lot about character study um, and then uh, just examining other people whose dialogue you admire. So pick a couple of books that you've really 
felt like you've gotten lost in and go back and study them and break down those um, interchanges between characters and why do they connect you? What, are, what emotions are they playing on? Uh, what words are they using? Is it a you know wide vocabulary or a pretty basic vocabulary? All of that plays into really solid dialogue. So a uh, little book study, little TV study, and uh, I think you should get equipped with some things to help you out on that one. Totally. I love it. And, and Pamela too, like if you're doing an autobiography and you want more dialogue, read biographies, like look at some great, if, if you're coming from a Christian viewpoint, read, there's some, so there's so many great uh, biographies about that, but know how to engage a person in story, not just facts is what you need. So look at some of the people that you just go, Oh my gosh, I, I kept reading because of the testimonies because of what was happening. And that will help you out as well. But I'm excited. We bless your book. Yes. Bless that, Pamela. Continue. Don't give up. Don't give up. Um, another question uh, I have for you is what are what were some roadblocks that kept you from doing what you love? I mean, part of we we all love the triumph. Oh my gosh, you wrote a poetry book, and I'm sure you're gonna be reading uh, writing more about your next season, but like what were some of the things that was going on internally or just like maybe time-wise or the things that were, I mean, you were getting married, just so many different things that were happening that were roadblocks that prevented you from really tackling this. So yeah, the number one for me personally was busyness. Mm -hmm. um, I tend to overcommit. Um, and so I <laughs> end up getting myself locked into several different things at the same time, which take away from the things that are in my own heart. Um, and so I really had to practice saying no and, and committing myself to blocking off time um, to focus on this endeavor. And there was actually, I think I even shared this on the last live I did with you. There was actually one morning where I woke up and I was like, oh, a free morning. And then I was <laughs> like, no, you can't move from your couch until you write six poems. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> I, was like, I was having a chill day today. But the Lord intervened and was like, no, you're not. This is what we're doing. Um, and so I really had to overcome busyness. And, and also I, uh, I tend to, and I'm working on this and I've gotten a lot of healing in this, but I do uh, deal with like striving for perfection. And so I would want to sit there and like hone this poem, hone it, hone it, hone it, hone it until it was perfect. And just like, you can get stuck in an editing process and, um, and that's not always necessary or desirable. Um, sometimes even uh, your first draft of just like getting something out is really what all you need um, because it's honest and true. Um, now, some things do require editing and you get ideas later and you're just, um, I like to do what I call word dumps, where I just literally write down the ideas and the thoughts and then I come back and I put structure around it, but I take um, time from it. Uh, and then just like revisit it. And I allow my spirit and my mind to process the content so that I present it um, in a way that's palpable for the audience. Cause sometimes my dumps are just like chaos, you know, but it's like, I feel all the things and here it is, but that doesn't mean that you're going to be able to read it and actually process it. So I have to go through the, the word dump to process the emotions. And then I go, okay, what structure do I need to give this piece? Um, and a kind of an example of that is there's a piece in Seasons Change. Um, 
and honestly, the name of it is escaping me right now, but uh, it's a <laughs> it's a deconstructed salsa dance is how it's written. Um, and so I started writing the poem for a guy I was dating several years ago, um, and we broke up before I finished the poem. And so I actually wrote our breakup into this poem, but I did it through kind of the word dump. And then I was like, okay, lots of emotions when you are going through a heartache. Um, but how do I phrase this so that people can connect and not just feel pain, you know, cause it's like, right. it has, there has to be some sort of constructive element or hopeful element for me in my personal writing. Right. So, um, so I just thought, oh my gosh, you know, one of the things that we did together was salsa dancing. And so I was like, I'm going to deconstruct salsa. And so I wrote <laughs> it using terminology from salsa dancing. Um, so that gave the structure and the frame to the, the work. And it still ends with some heaviness because, you know, it was a breakup, but uh, I felt like it, it structured the emotion in a way that the reader could identify, but not leave feeling super heavy, you know? So that That's are good. a couple of things that I do. So, so I want, I want you just for like guys for, for homework, look at, look at what it is that causes you not to go move forward and please put it in the chat. Uh, we'd love to talk about that a little bit more, but when I did my, one of my e-courses called created to overcome, the reason why I did it was because people weren't, weren't creating not because they weren't talented or gifted or weren't ready, but it was because of defeating mindsets like fear of failure, perfectionism, like you talked about. Mm -hmm. um, shame is a big, huge thing about what people are afraid of. And, and so there's these things that prevent you from doing it. And it might manifest by busyness or by might manifest through procrastination. It might manifest through um, thoughts that, oh, oh gosh, I could never write because I'm not as good as whatever it is. But those things are probably more of a determinant to people creating than anything else. And so sometimes you just have to get in the arena as Brene Brown talks about, and you just have to duke it out and say, I feel like I'm not moving forward because I feel like whatever I create always is, is going to be, it's always going to fall short. And so by saying that, and then by asking the Holy Spirit, what do you say, then you're able to counter, counter that. And then you're able to walk through it. But it's such a huge thing. Again, if you have any questions or any comments on what stops you from really being in the arena and creating, you know, the thing about creativity, Emery, as you know, is that you're out there, like, like your poems are out there for anyone to read like sometimes uh like when you read when you write something that's more of a prose or more of like an instructional book it's not as what i would consider vulnerable but when you write poetry yeah, <laughs> or, it's so subjective or, it's so subjective and and so you're really opening up yourself and but that's where the real power of I think of other people becoming vulnerable with their own story, like you talked about comes from, and that's, that's, I think is, is a hidden thing that as creatives and as believers, a lot of people feel like, wow, I can't do that. No, that's exactly what Jesus did. Jesus, well, David, David in the Psalms, he told us exactly 
what he was feeling and kill my enemies. Like, just, I mean, he was out there processing it. And that's what we love about um, mm -hmm. Psalms and the stories behind it. So I love, I love this dump thing about like just dumping it all out, flushing it out and then seeing what's happening on the inside is so important. Um, so I have another question for you. How do you balance being busy, which we just talked about with pursuing your passion to write now that you got married? Now you have a whole new equation. I Plus do. this man is a busy man starting franchises as well. So tell us that, how do you balance that? Well, honestly, I've allowed myself a lot of grace and time to settle into marriage because I believe that, you know, the marriage relationship trumps work. Um, and I, you know, have to honor this commitment that I've made and this covenant I've made. And so we both have, even with, you know, his busyness and opening new businesses, um, we've just strived to focus on each other and create uh -huh. time to like, we have a, a weekly date night and, uh, and we just are committed to like making our home, our home and, um, you know, uh, meshing our lives together. And so I haven't honestly focused a ton on writing in this season because I've just been focusing on uh, entering into this marriage. Um, but what I like to do when I'm busy and have these creative ideas is I jot down uh, notes and kind of like the word dump I was talking about. And what I do is I keep um, a notebook in Evernote that there's an app called Evernote that is just been a lifesaver for me. So I have a ton of notebooks. That's also where I store all my dreams and prophetic words and all the things. Um, but I have a writing notebook. And so I will do these word dumps or idea dumps. And then I go back and then I start crafting later when I have some more bandwidth. Um, but it's very, very helpful to keep track of because ideas are fleeting sometimes. So you get a thought and then you go, okay, I don't have time to like focus on it yet, but I really want to make sure I have the key things that are coming to me right now. Um, so even just yesterday, uh, I had an idea for, I've had an idea for a long time for the screenplay. I'm not trained in writing screenplays, but I have a friend who is. So I was like, hey, I have this idea. I want to go through it. Um, and so I've just been carrying it for so long. So I like, wrote this email yesterday where I was like, here are all the components and here are the characters. And, you know, this plot point was my original thought, but now I think we need to change it. And so I'm like processing my word dump, if you will, with this other writer. And we're going to, you know, work together to see if we can create something. Um, but my husband wants to start writing as well. He's got a lot of ideas and he's a brilliant writer um, uh, too, but he hasn't done anything like published work or whatever. So we're trying to uh, work together on what we individually want to create and then the things that we want to do as a couple. And so one of the things that we're instituting is, uh, is kind of a writing time where we're accountable to each other to write for a certain amount of time. And so uh, there have been times where I go, you know, to the gym and he's like, okay, well, you're at the gym, I'm going to free write. So right now we're focusing on free writing. And so if you're just beginning writing, that's where I recommend starting um, just free writing. It can be about any topic, um, you know, kind of essay form, um, but don't self edit. Don't go back and fix all of your grammar or spelling mistakes. Literally just get the ideas out and start building a notebook of idea dumps. 
Um, and so then, cause you can't really do anything until you have a body of work to do something with. Right. So yeah. if you can start getting essays out, then you can go back and go, okay, is there a thread that connects any of these ideas together that I can create the book from, you know, or is there, if you're doing like a, a children's book, um, you're going to want to do this by small principles or like very, um, you know, very easy bite-sized thoughts. So what are those and what do you want to instill in children and how do you break down a kingdom principle for a child to grasp? So you're going to want to just put these ideas down. And then when you can block off a longer time, you come back and you start kind of putting puzzle pieces together. And then you begin to um, do the editing process of how can I fit these puzzle pieces to create a larger body of work? So um, honestly, just building in, uh, starting with like 20 minutes a day. If you can just do, everyone has an extra 20 minutes somewhere you do. So just block it off and say, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to free write for 20 minutes, no self-editing, no overthinking, just, it can be a societal issue. It can be how you feel about something, anything, just dump it out. And then you've got something to work with going forward. I really want to camp on this because this is such a huge point. Number one, everybody that's will ever listen to this around <laughs> the world, you have to know, like, if you want to become a great writer, you have to let people in mm -hmm. to your process, whether it's an encourager, like, or whether it's working together, like with what you're doing with your husband and cheering each other on, whether it's a writing group, whatever it is, like, you know, that's why I created Create Academy is for other people because of the Facebook group to converge and talk about their books and get the and get it out and start that process. But if you want to write children's books, get with other people that are writers that are with children and just message them like on my Create Academy. Hey, I'm writing a children's book. Anybody else? And then you start to dialogue or you you start to read your book to like, um, to some, to other kids, you, you start to look at your audience. I think that's where a lot of people miss, um, they miss fire is like, you, you have to know your audience. You have to know why are you writing this book? Who is it for? And, and what is, who are the people that can champion you that either have experience or that have that knowledge or that have that audience appeal to help you to grow. And um, so those are, you know, it, writing is such an incredible thing in the beginning what does it say you know god created he spoke with his word in john one you know he is the word made flesh there's something about when we speak something this could change a person's life when that book comes out like i, I was thinking of shel silverstein all of his books um uh, for kids and how that really helped me to reframe things in my own life as a child and that's what happens is like we don't understand the power of what can happen i mean a lot of us in revival culture uh people like bill johnson or chris valentin or uh other people like i think of joel osteen who has such a great following there's so many different people that have written that now have become the frameworks of what revival culture really is but then you have what you're talking about Who's going to do that in poetry? Who's going to do that in writing film scripts? Who is going to be doing that for it's, it's, it's kind of like we're, we're in a, we're, we're in a revolution, everyone, where God is creating uh, platforms for us. Even guys, just start a blog, just start blogging um, and what you're, 
you, you know, what, what she's talking about. So it's so powerful. This is part of the process guys. Um, it's you don't do it alone, please uh, get involved in a creative community or get a person that can walk with you through this and really start to just do it. Let the process happen. Don't wait till tomorrow. <laughs> mm -hmm. What you can do for today is so important. My, my last question is how is God involved with you in your writing and performance style um, creative outlets? And again, before we, before you answer that, if anybody wants a prophetic word from Emery, just put your name in the chat and uh, we're going to get some of the first couple people. So if you want a prophetic word, she just is going to be able to prophesy into your life. But, um, but how is God involved with you in your writing and, and performance style? Cause you also are a spoken word artist. Um, how is he, how does he enter in? Cause some sometimes people don't know. Mm -hmm. Well, he's the creator, right? And so if he's our father, and the very first thing he does in scripture that we see is that he creates. And if we're his children and we are to reflect the image of our father, because we're made in his image, then that by virtue of being his children, we are creative. So he is already in all of our creativity, whether we're willing to acknowledge it or not, he's already there. And so um, just owning that, owning like I am naturally creative because I am a daughter of the creator. It's who I am. And it manifests in so many different ways. Cause I've had people say, oh, well, I'm not creative. I don't do art. I don't do acting. I don't do writing. And I'm like, but you're a great accountant. Like you do things with numbers. I can't dream of like, that's my husband. He can do numbers to no end. I have no idea how his brain computes like that. And to me, that's his creative strength because he can do brilliant things with numbers that I can't do. So each of you are creative, whether or not you like it or admit it. It's who you are. It's your inheritance. Um, but oh, one really that. cool, <laughs> one really cool thing that I've been uh, practicing lately, I actually learned from uh, Dan McCollum and he has uh, several ministries, um, prophetic company global, as well as sounds of the nations. But he wrote a book called Bending Time. And in that book, he gave this principle and I have since adopted it. I think it's so brilliant. So this is what I'm doing now, Teresa. This is like my latest way to connect with God as I create. And so Daniel talks about how before he starts anything, um, in the context of this particular story was he was actually writing. He wrote six books in a year while still traveling. He travels immensely, traveling, teaching, and pastoring. Um, and so he said what, what he did was he would sit down to write and he did the 20 minutes a day thing, um, that I shared with you earlier. And he would spend the first part of that 20 minutes connecting with God and becoming aware of his presence. And then Ephesians two, six says that we are seated in heavenly places, right? Uh -huh. So then he would envision himself seated in heaven with God already, where time is not a factor busyness is not a factor and he just became aware of the presence of God and the fact that he had access to that heavenly seat where time and busyness was not a thing and then he would begin to write from that awareness Come and on. so I've adopted that and so now I'm trying to spend that time and it doesn't have to be it doesn't take the whole 20 minutes like you can literally do it in 60 seconds just exactly. closing your eyes connecting your heart, connecting your mind, using that sanctified imagination to envision yourself hanging out with God in those heavenly places. 
And then you just begin to create from that space. And I think you'll be surprised at, at what you're able to create. It's such a beautiful time. And it also, I want to just give you permission. Like it doesn't have to feel super spiritual. Uh -huh. um, there's an expectation sometimes when you were like in that soaking space or in that connecting space that, you know, all of heaven has to open and you've got to see angels appear. And sometimes it doesn't feel like anything, but that's okay because you're already spirit, man. You already are connected. It is our way of life. So it doesn't have to feel like anything extra. It's that's cool so when it does but it doesn't have to be that. And you can just spend the next 19 minutes just cranking out whatever you are cranking out. Um, but those are, those are the ways that I just connect with the Lord. I know who I am as his daughter and I create from that space and he's the ultimate creator and I don't have to compete with him. I just get to feed off of what he's already done. And my, he loves my work no matter what I come up with. And that's so freeing from that you know, perfectionism mindset. Come on. Um, and then I can just create from a, a place where I'm already seated with him. And it's so you know, good. a beautiful place. Yeah. Well, we have some people that want a prophetic word. And sure. so we'll start with Tabitha. Woo. And if so Tabitha, Pamela, Lindsay, Walker and Amber. So let's start with Tabitha. Okay. Tabitha. I, I'm not on the Facebook feed, so I can't see anything about you guys. So I just want to let you know, I'm just hearing what Teresa's telling me here. So I'm just going to, I told her to challenge me today. We're going to take some risks. So, um, Tabitha, mm, you are beloved of the Lord. I just sense a great warmth around you. Um, I actually feel like Holy Spirit is showing up as comforter in your life right now. Um, that there's just been some things that have been hard that you've had to walk through recently. And he's bringing his comfort to you and wrapping you up in his arms. Um, I actually feel like he's going to be spending uh, or sending some things to you this week that are really special to you. Um, mm -hmm. Like I, I feel like friends are going to show up with flowers, cards, little gifts, some things that are um, special to your heart that you maybe have thought about, not even prayed about. Um, but the Lord is going to show you how closely he listens to your thoughts, um, that he is so ever present to everything that's going on inside of you. Um, so I feel like he's going to really show up in your life in the next week or two uh, with some of those uh, things that are very close to your heart. Um, and he's just releasing grace to you. Um, I feel like there's also been, uh, just a lot on your plate, a lot of, uh, that has been scheduled even for you, like things that were a little bit out of your control. Um, and he's releasing grace and energy to tackle everything that's, that's going on in your world right now. Um, you are an overcomer and you will be victorious in everything that's handed to you in this season. Um, so have faith and hope and know that you are not alone, but he is so ever present and his arms and his comfort is wrapped around you in this moment. Wow. That's beautiful. I, I see also for you, Tabitha, a backpack. He goes, get your backpack on because you're going to um, new places too. So I don't even know if that's physical and spiritual, but anyway, I, I felt that for you. Okay. Pamela. And I think this is the Pamela that was also writing. So Okay. Okay. Well, Pamela, let me, uh, since you already did share about that, let me just release to you, um, just grace and an anointing to, uh, master dialogue. Um, 
I just thank you, Lord, for everything that has happened in Pamela's life that has led her to this point of writing about how you have loved her into wholeness. And so we just thank you for her story. We thank you for what she has to say. And we bless her right now as she steps into um, the, the work of art. Um, and so we just bless the hours that you spend crafting. Um, Lord, we just pray for an anointing over her fingers as she types and writes. Um, and that you will just open her mind to uh, how communication should appear in the written word. Um, we just bless you in that, Pamela. Let's see what yeah. else the Lord has to say for yeah. you. Yeah. yeah. I just felt too, Pamela, the Lord said, get intercessors around this book too mm. and pray for this whole entire thing as well. So I, I saw that for you too. Okay. Next person is Walter. Oh no, Lindsay. Lindsay. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, Lindsay, I'm seeing like a series of grids. Um, which I haven't really seen before, but it feels like, um, it feels like what the Lord's saying is that, uh, there's like things have been kind of chaotic and it's time to bring some order to, uh, to your world. And so I don't know if you have like a whiteboard or a bulletin board, something like that, but I just, uh, what I'm getting the sense is that there's some order that's coming for you. And uh, this is an invitation from the Lord to partner with him to start writing out priorities, to start writing out like even things like I need to get this done today. I need to run these errands today and kind of ordering them on this board. Um, I feel like the bringing the chaos to order will bring you some some peace and help you also visualize uh, the goals and the dreams that you have for your future. Um I just feel like the Lord has got some really, really exciting things coming up for you through the end of this year. Like things that it's like, you already kind of have a vision and some things are happening and you're like, Oh, I think these things are going to happen, but there's like more coming in the latter six months of 2021 for you. That is going to be a bit of a surprise. And this call to order is to prepare your life so that you can um, steward the things that are on their way. It's all very fun and exciting. Um, I just feel like the Lord's going to invite you into some spaces that like you haven't even thought were possibilities yet. Um, but having, having the order and even a couple of like the right people around you is going to stabilize you and prepare you for all the goodness that he is bringing to you. I feel like this has to do with career. Um, I think this is all around like some career moves. Yeah. And I feel like, um, the Lord just says to forget the former things. Like there's something about forgetting and, and then moving on, which Paul talks about in Philippians three, he said to really study that, like, there's something about you pressing in out of a season and into a new season. So I feel like that's for you too, Lindsay. Let us know, guy. by the way, guys, let us know what this means too so we can be encouraged. Okay, Walter, you are up. Okay. Walter. Walter. Oh. Okay, I keep, I've been seeing this for a while. I think, I think this is for you, Walter. I keep seeing the sailboat um, and it's so peaceful um, and it's like a bright, shiny day. And I just feel like the Lord is, um, I think he's so pleased with how you steward things. Um, I think there's already is a lot of peace in your, in your world. Um, and I actually feel like the sailboat is the Lord saying that there's, um, some fun coming for you. There's like a little time off or a little trip coming for you. Um, and there's just going to be some treats and treasures in that time off. Um, 
I actually feel like you're going to meet a couple of people. I feel like you might have a trip already planned for, for the summer. Um, and you're going to meet a couple of people on this trip and, uh, it's going to be just total strangers and they're just going to walk up to you and start connecting with you. And they're going to give you some keys. And I don't even know if these are going to be believers. I feel like these are just total random strangers, but they're going to say things to you. They're going to actually answer some prayers of your hearts. Um, and I think one of them is going to have a key to unlock a dream. It's like, there's something you really wanted to do for a while, um, but you aren't sure exactly how to go about it. Um, and I think one of the people you're going to meet on this trip is going to actually give you the key that will unlock your, your next step. Um, and I feel like this is a dream of your heart, not like a work thing. Um, and I don't think it has to do with family. I think it's something that you have been, you know, you and God, you've just been like, oh, one day I want to do this. And I think it's about time for that to begin for you. So Ooh. look for that on your next vacation. Yeah. Well, also I, I kept, this is a funny one, but I just kept seeing Stuart Little. It's a, it's a fun children's book and also it's a film. And I feel like God says, you're going to look at life from a different perspective and you're going to bring fun and comedic stuff into uh, your writing and into the world. Uh, and so he just said, steady Stuart Little, so go for it. Oh, I'm not fun. sure, but let me know what that means to you. Okay, now we have Amber. So Amber, you are up. Mm. Amber, I feel like you are a spitfire. Um, and by that, I mean, you are a go get them kind of girl. You have such great vision um, and you need some builders to come alongside of you. Um, so Lord, I just ask that you send the builders to Amber that will fill out her team, um, to help her vision come to pass. I thank you for what you've put inside of her and how you've grown her, um, and positioned her. And we just ask Lord that you bring along the helpers, um, to, to bring this vision to its fullness. Um, I also feel like, um, I know we are talking about writing, today, but I feel like there is a, um, a story in your heart. And I think you may already actually have some of it written and you need an editor to help you, um, coalesce it. So I just ask Lord that you will bring that editor into her life as well. Um, so that she has that assistance that she needs. Um, I'm also thinking about the book, a backpacker's guide to the galaxy. Um, it's by Kurt Vonnegut. Um, and I'm not quite sure what the Lord's saying with that, uh, but check it out. Take a read. It's very interesting, but uh, I feel like there might be some clues for you in there in your writing process. Ooh. Amber, I also feel like you have multiple calls, not just in writing, but in other creative streams. And I kept hearing the word like um, you are you're like a I saw this chessboard game that you guys were that you were involved in. And you were getting the right players in the right um, place. And so there's something about you being a strategist by nature and helping people to be successful that I feel is it's on you as well. So we have one more. Ooh, we're running out of time, but we're going to go for it. Um, Tabitha. 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 All right. Is this the same Tabitha from before? There are two Tabithas. Oh, is this the same Tabitha? Oh, oh, never mind. We're, um, we're done. That's oh, okay. it. I think she was just saying that she had a testimony. So guys, we will answer those testimonies. So Emery will look at those too. 
because we want to share the good news. Now, the great thing about testimonies too, for all of you that are out there, if you, if you're listening to this and you go, Oh my gosh, I so related to what Amber, you can take that. The great thing about the prophetic is sometimes it's for multiple people. So, um, be encouraged by that. So, uh, and send this to people. If you know of anyone that has this name that it could, it could relate to them as well. Go for it. But, but I would love for you to impart Emery, just like impart your heart. And, uh, let's, let's see the prophetic creative world grow by your, this impartation. So just go for it. Yes. Lord, we just thank you so much for the gift of the written word. You are the word made flesh. So those of us that write are simply coming into um, alignment with who you are. So we thank you for this precious gift and we just release it right now to everybody watching and who'll be watching in the future. We bless each and every one of you that the work of your hands may bring honor and glory to the Lord and breakthrough to everyone who reads it. Um, We bless those of you who are writing uh, poetry and psalms and worship music. We bless those of you who are writing stories and nonfiction um, and even just how-to technical manuals. You can do all of this under the glory of God and you can actually prophesy through each and every one of these elements and uh, and forms of the craft and so we bless each and every one of you in jesus name i break off any um lie from the enemy that's saying that your work is not good enough that you don't have enough time that you can't we just cancel all of those lies in jesus name and say that you can that you have all the time that you need to accomplish everything that god has put within you um and that you don't have to be good enough because you're already his so your work is already qualified by christ and so um you have everything within you to accomplish the task that god has anointed for you according to ephesians 2 8 and so you are already his poem released to release more poetry in the world. And so we bless you in Jesus name. And I just thank God for you and your gift. And we are excited to see all of the creations that will come from everyone who's been watching this broadcast. And thank you, Teresa, for the opportunity to to share the kingdom through the written word. Yeah, that's right. Come on. May this go viral. And guys, thank you again for uh, being a part of this journey. We believe in community. We believe that God is raising up a creative army that are going to take risks to see the presence of God come. So your journey is important. Take what, what Emory has given you and grow and become all that God's called you to be. So remember everybody, you were born to create. So um, share about how this touched you as well. And the prophetic words that um, Emory will look at in a second later and have an incredible day, everybody. We love you. Bye. Bye, Emery.